Pivot with Purpose, a podcast that highlights the unique stories of professionals that pivoted their careers to align with their work lives and personal lives more purposefully and with more joy. Pivot with Purpose is hosted by Megan Hole, a globally accredited career and business coach and creator of the Megan Hole Method. From a part-time sales associate to a vice president of stores, Ron has put in the hard work that a retail career requires and wrote his best-selling book, Retail Pride, The Guide to Celebrating Your Accidental Career, to share what he learned along the way. Ron Thurston, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. You are a gift to the retail universe, and I cannot wait to share with our listeners the story about your pivot and all you have up your sleeve, which I know is a lot. Thank you for listening to Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hool. You can find out more information about each guest, including full transcripts at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your own Pivot with Purpose, click on the share button and add your story to the conversation. Finally, be sure to subscribe and share your comments wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your support amplifies our voice. And now, this week's episode. Thank you for being here with us today. And with that being said, I would love for you to tell us about your current job, what you're up to. Can you give us some career highlights? I would love to. Thank you, Megan. And you and I have such a multi-year relationship that was part business, part friendship, part mentorship. You know, I'm just so proud of you for doing this podcast and for talking about pivoting. And I'm really honored to be one of your, I'll just call it season one guests. So thank you. I'm excited about our friendship. So yes, I am currently the vice president of stores at Intermix, which is the largest multi-brand specialty retailer in the U.S. owned by Gap Inc. And we really, for 27 years, have celebrated the idea of being your personal style editor and about the mix and about bringing in well-known brands, unknown brands, often first to the U.S. and mix it in the store experience, in the fitting room, in a way that really celebrates style, celebrates the mix of your wardrobe, and really teaching women every day about how to use what's in your closet, add to it, what's on trend for the season, and just have so much fun doing it. This year, without as many people in our stores, the challenge is really how do you do some of that virtually through chat, FaceTime appointments, through consignment, through all the different versions of continuing to be your personal style editor, but doing it in a new way. I think this year has really taught us all that work in this business that we have to learn to work in new ways, in exciting new ways in some cases, and continue to make a big impact on the industry and the customers that we serve every day. As a fan of Intermix, for sure, (laughs) I appreciate the service level, and I feel like you really have gone above and beyond. You do amazing things and create wonderful experiences, and on top of what you're doing at Intermix, talk to us about some other things that you're really proud of career to date. So when I really thought about this idea, you know, of being proud, and we'll talk about my book in a minute, I think many of us that work in retail, we love it and we're proud of it because it's a career of service. And it's a career of serving our team, serving our customer, serving the brands that we work for, and really giving 
generously of our time and our energy and our spirit. And so when I think about what am I most proud of, it's really those moments where we've made positive impacts on first and foremost, our team and those around us. Because retail being one of the largest employers in the world, if you look at it where it ranks by country, it's always at least in the top five. And in the US continues to be in the top three in private sector employers. And that kind of joy that comes with the number of people that we employ, often you know, one out of three people, it is their first job is in retail. And we make enormous impacts on career choices, on economic status, on career growth, on education, because retail is also an industry that is so self-taught. You have to do the work. You have to have great leaders around you. And my pride in what I've done, and I know I share this with many other people, is that positive impact that we've had on the people around us. Mm -hmm. And we have the ability to make decisions about careers and about, you know, it's kind of an open forum for the brands you choose to work for. And that's the beauty of it. And you're not kind of stuck into one part of this industry or one role. You can move around, you can pivot, as we'll talk about, you can continue to engage as much as you want to. And it can feel very kind of liberating that way. So certainly that's a big piece of it. The other part that I'm proud of that is really serving me well is I have been a maniacal networker for mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah. And not because I expected anything back from meeting people or offering my own advice or time, but when it came time to really launch this book and to think about, you know, how I wanted to be the voice for positive change in retail, that network has come into great benefit for this. Yeah. And so my advice to many people and to all the work that I'm doing is really use your network, build your network, whether you think it's valuable to you today or not, or if you're not looking for a job, you are looking for a job, your network is the foundation of how you will grow your career. And I'm proud that I was kind of an early adopter in LinkedIn and built a big following. And it's really wonderful to see how that has evolved and I think supporting the message around retail pride. Yeah, leveraging your network is like hot topic for me as well, you know, and talking through and now having this wonderful podcast, have a platform, but you're right through LinkedIn and various channels. And I know you and I have done some really fun things together that have connected mm -hmm. new people. So gosh, it's been a year of pivoting, that's for sure. And in the spirit of this podcast, where we dive into pivots, can you tell me a story maybe about what led to the desire for you to write Retail Pride, you know, maybe taking that pivot or if there's any certain memorable point in that career journey that you've had, that wonderful career journey that really led up to this pivot? And what did you do specifically to get started? Sure. I think the moment I will describe, but the journey to get here is really three decades worth of work. Mm -hmm. And when we think about how often we are challenged as those of us that work in retail leadership roles, particularly in stores, is that it's not a valid career, that it's not actually something to celebrate, mm -hmm. that you may or may not be using your education, that it is so self-taught and therefore not recognized as a great career. All of that messaging continued to kind of be really dominant in our industry. And several years ago, when we started to talk about the retail apocalypse, 
And as more stores started to close, and the headlines were really devastating to the industry for those of us that work in it, because you can see this and you say, wow, certainly there are store closures. But I think what was missing out of all of that was this idea that, yes, there are store closures. And yes, brands are in the decline. Some are in the decline that were some legacy brands that didn't really evolve with the world Mm -hmm. and how people shop. What you don't hear about as much is all the great brands that are actually growing and thriving and doing great work. And the millions of people that work in retail are so happy to do it. And I experienced it just firsthand over the last couple of decades. I've opened, I don't even know how many stores I lost count, hundreds, Mm -hmm. you know, and hired thousands of people. I've visited hundreds of stores in my career. And they're so happy. They're so proud. They're so energetic. They're so engaged with their clients. And it always felt like this is a lost art of how to communicate the magic of this industry. I wrote a blog for a while. And then, you know, I said, this actually needs to be a bigger message. This needs to be a book. And I need to pivot into the idea of being a thought leader, a spokesperson, if you will, you know, self-nominated spokesperson and say, we have to change the conversation from hiding in the shadows that we work in retail to we're really proud to do this. And we make an enormous impact on millions of people. And we impact careers and we change people's lives. And we celebrate the brands that we work for in ways that can't be done through their website. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, And so my own kind of personal journey was I just made this decision summer of 2019 of I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to get this work started because there's no better time than right now. And this was certainly pre-COVID. But what I discovered as I was just finishing the book in March of 2020, that this now has been never more important than it is right now. And that's kind of where it began. Yeah. Gosh, I feel like I remember meeting you almost a year ago today. Remember? I when do. When we go to New York and yep. like have coffee. Yep. <laughs> I do remember. We will get there <laughs> again. But I don't know. I feel like I kind of feel an answer to this, but maybe you can fill in the blanks. I mean, certainly also for myself as a retail leader, sort of veteran, I guess you would say. I know you and I have talked a lot too in the past about having mentors or just really kind of growing up in a space where Some of us had great mentors, some didn't. And I really see Retail Pride as being such an amazing book for someone to purchase, you know, if they want to have, I guess we're calling it almost like the Retail Leadership Bible and talking about all of the wonderful points that you do and and thinking about creating this book. You know, do you feel like it was a realization that maybe there was a white space in the market or was it maybe more of like a personal need for specific alignment related to something else? Where Mm. did that fire burn inside of you to get this going? Yeah. So when I did my homework, I think anyone that wants to write a book, you say, what is actually the space? Is there a need for this conversation? And I had questioned myself for a while and would say, well, nobody needs another leadership book because there's hundreds, if not thousands of them out there by very famous authors. And I've read them all and I've used them as topics in conferences. But then the more I thought about it, there's nothing that speaks about retail. There's nothing from anyone that truly understands the hard work and passion and love that we have of retail. There's literally not a single book on the market. And to be one of the biggest employers in the world, yet 
no one says anything to us. So that's where it kind of changed my mind as I started to explore publishers. I did not want to self-publish. I don't know anything about the industry. I didn't know the first thing about how to get a book on a shelf. And so I did the work. I went to writing classes on Monday nights after work. I explored different publishing options. There's what I ended up using is a company called Scribe, and they have a guided author program. Mm -hmm. And so they actually kind of, you do all the work, but they kind of handhold you along the way, you know, help you with editing, do all the work on the back end to help you get live on Amazon and sell it to bookstores and help you with interior layout and cover design. They do a lot of that work. Now you're paying for this, Mm -hmm. um, but for me, that was less important than putting out a great product that was going to be easily accessible. And that I thoroughly enjoyed. But this idea of this is now a conversation we can have about our industry in a way that's very personal and very real to the people that work in it. And it's been so rewarding to see all the comments, the reviews, all the messages that I receive of thank you for recognizing my 20, 30, 40 year career in retail. Thank you for doing this. And that just gives me so much joy every day. Yeah. I remember in our fabulous book club that we had, you know, I think almost everyone said, I feel like Ron was talking to me (laughs) and reading this book, (laughs) which is so special. You know, it captures you. I think you can learn something from every chapter and just really walk away feeling like, gosh, wow, that is me feeling even more empowered. I mean, I've certainly heard people say, I'm falling back in love with my job, Hmm. which is so special. So we're so excited about this book and know that it will just live on out there. And again, in the spirit, our conversation about pivot, thinking about a yes or no answer. Do you remember the exact moment you decided to go for it in terms of writing your book? I do. I do. With that, we're going to take a quick break, leave a little mystery, and we will certainly pick this back up. Okay, Ron, let's take the mystery out of this. So tell us, tell us that moment that you decided to go for it. (laughs) So this is completely off topic, but I'll tell you why. And when I think about my own life and you know i am married and that's you know the number one relationship in my life but what's important for me that keeps me motivated is that i really try to surround myself with people who are also doing important work on themselves Mm -hmm. and growing and so i got also involved summer of 2019 with men's group work Mm -hmm. and very much by accident But what I discovered is you put people together in a room who want to do great work and have an honest place to have conversations. You can learn how to set goals for yourself that become not just dreams, but reality. And I kind of discovered this idea of having this close network of men specifically, because this is work that is unique to this particular ideal of having a safe space for men to talk about what's going on in their life. How are they feeling about things? How can we support each other? How can we create trust and loyalty to this conversation? Mm -hmm. And what came out of some of that early work for me was a commitment to get this done in a very like emotional way when you talk about legacy. Mm -hmm. And as someone that doesn't have children, I, and I'm in my 50s, 
you, know, you say, well, what, what actually is my legacy? What do I want to kind of leave here that's not just work? That like, it, yeah, I did a great job at work and I was successful. I'm a good husband, but what else? What el- what's the bigger impact I can have? And that's when the book started to talk about like, what actually is my legacy? Mm-hmm. That's where it began. And I think they were actually pretty shocked. I'm like, I'm gonna write a book. They're like, oh, that sounds great. You know? And then, you know, <laughs> like, Good for you. Less than, in a year, I had a book on the shelf. But that's just, you know, that's the retailer in me. We set a goal for ourselves and we make it happen. Just make it happen. And also, too, I mean, I love talking about this, but what you did was you just started, right? You surrounded yourself mm. with really some high vibe people that, you know, bring out the best and are like minded and you get energized. And that's so amazing. And with all that you are doing, Talk a little bit about your balance, because I'm sure like all of us, we're juggling a million things, but in writing this book with your work commitments, probably takes some serious habits, right? Of like structuring your days to make sure you can commit to everything that you need to do. It did. And you know, part of working with a guided author program mm-hmm. says in order for you to write 35,000 words in an average book, you need to write X number of words a day. And you need to actually create that structure and we're going to hold you accountable. And what I really enjoyed about meeting, so I went to a weekend workshop in Austin and met 12 other very interesting professionals who all want to write books, who are not writers, who just said, I have a great story to tell. I have something I want to say. I want to write a book. So you put 12 people together in a room who are all highly successful and highly motivated you immediately create a friendship bond with these people that none of them work in retail. And so when I would describe like what I do, why I think this is an important book, they were actually surprised that there's nothing out there. So these are like a gold medal Olympic athlete. Wow. There is business owners, coaches. There were a couple of women writing very intense memoirs about experiences. There's a, a book that I'm reading right now called Generation Zero about, she's the first generation born in the US and what that experience has been for her. And so four of us of the 12 have published and the the rest are chugging right along to come out this year. But that creates accountability. So you surround yourself with people who also want to do great work, who don't want to do the same work, but they create a level of an accountability around you. So we have a very active group chat. How'd you write today? Did you get your words out? What are you accountable for? And for me, that was necessary with a very busy job and life and board work that I do, um, that I had accountability for what I wanted to accomplish. And that I think is definitely a best practice. Yeah. How important do you feel like it is uh, to have that group of support when you are looking for a pivot in general? Yeah, I think it's critical. And I don't know that you need to find exactly the same people who want to do the exact same thing. Yeah. I think you surround yourself with people who also need balance, can give you best practices, can say, how are you doing on this? How can I help you? How can I learn from you? Just all of it. I think you, you can't rely just on your family. You can't rely just on your own knowledge. I think it's important. I would go back to networking. You know, Networking helped me build the infrastructure to get the work done and have my full-time role And the book is kind of the second one. And the third one is board work that I do. And I am still every week in a men's group. Yeah. I I actually need all of that around me to keep it going. But it's just, it's balance and time and Mm -hmm. making sure that you're prioritizing 
what's important. But it doesn't mean it can't get done. It's just, for me, it's about prioritizing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And how do you feel like, if at all, has bringing this retail pride book to life changed your actual life? It's helped me become more thoughtful about my own legacy. Mm -hmm. Exactly that. It's helped yeah. me really think about the space that's available to speak to an enormous audience that isn't being spoken to today. Mm -hmm. And that just gets me so excited. And I've had incredible response from media and speaking opportunities and podcasts like yours to talk about it. Yeah. But it also takes an incredible amount of work to cool. do. And so that's what I would say is dream as big as you can, but don't be afraid of what might happen. Yeah. Because I, I, I was also a little anxious of like, what if I get bad reviews on Amazon? What if no one buys this book? What if nobody likes it? What if nobody cares? And so you have all that self-doubt in your head. And I just had to let that go and say, you know what? I'm going to put out a book. If I sell five copies, you know, when most books actually sell about 200 copies in their lifetime, which is a statistic that I didn't even know, you know, unless you're a best-selling author, most books don't sell that many copies. So you have low expectations. You know, I'm happy to say it's significantly higher than that, but it was never about selling books. It was about the conversation that needs to happen in our industry. Yeah, I love it. And that what if, that fear, I think sometimes that holds us back, the imposter syndrome that comes in, that no one's going to want to read my book. And it's like, but what if you don't do this for you? Right. Like you said, and just right. put it out there and see what happens and let the universe take control. So I, I just think it's been fabulous. And I know you're leading and inspiring so many more people beyond the reach of all the wonderful people that get to work with you directly every day at Intermix. And, you know, is there anything you wish that maybe you did differently? I wish I had done this a long time ago, but I've yeah. also learned to, when I say that, then my men's group work kicks in. And the answer is you did it exactly when you were supposed to. Right. And that you actually, you needed the right space and time and people and network in order for it to happen. And 10 years ago, I may not have had it. And yeah. I would have been more yeah. afraid of not being able to do it or not having the finances to do it. So while I would, in my head, I'd like to think I did it a long time ago, I'm actually really glad that it's right now. Because yeah. there's also a lot of pain in our industry right now and job loss and people looking. And it doesn't mean that they don't love or proud of working in retail but they might need a little more help than they used to. Right. And I'm trying to provide forums for conversation and networking to help people actually get back to work and yeah. find that next great job because that is, it's so self-motivated to make that happen. Yeah. Well, and I know you have something coming up with your Saturdays with Ron, which is so amazing. And you're right. I mean, I think in this moment where there are a lot of people still looking to pivot, what you know, what I love to call your Ron's wisdom, <laughs> um, you know, any kind of lasting words of advice for anyone else out there looking to pivot right now? Don't be afraid of what can happen and don't think that you can't actually do your own work and pivot at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's one or all. Right. You know, I'd love to say, yeah, I would love to devote 100% of my time to Goodwill but I'm a board member that adds value when I can. I would love to say I could do and speak about retail pride full time. That's not an option. Mm -hmm. And so I think you can actually do and have multiple conversations 
at the same time and multiple streams and pivot. And just like you're doing, you can do multiple things at the same time. We all have the ability to do it. It's just kind of structuring your life around it to make it happen. But it's very possible. I did it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about just starting, finding that network, surrounding yourself with all kinds of different people that can lift you up in various ways and just get out there. And I know that there's a lot of different ways our listeners can find you, but talk about some ways that people can reach out, connect with you. Yeah. So the best way is retailpride.com, which is where you'll find links to my new weekly webinar, Saturday mornings with Ron, which is live. It's entirely for networking purposes. Links to the book, links to my blog, which are excerpts from the book, some of it. There's a lot of content on there. So definitely retailpride.com or LinkedIn. And what I would say is, you know, don't be afraid to reach out, but also don't be afraid to reach out to other people in the industry that you admire what they're doing. And it was something I did early on. If I heard someone on a podcast or watched them on a webinar, you know, I stopped being afraid of reaching out and just saying, I like what you said. Thank you. I'm writing a book and I'd love to ask for your opinion about things or this is what I'm thinking about. What do you think? And people are generally very kind and gracious and generous of their time. And so don't be afraid of that. We're all here to help and support. Yeah, well, coming from you, I think for any listeners, it's going to be such a powerful message. I know it's sometimes a little nerve wracking to reach out and ask someone for a conversation. But I will tell you, like Ron and so many other senior level executives, there are some really, really nice people out there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there are. Um, go for it. Ask for a conversation, fearlessly network. And Ron, I am so tremendously grateful for you in my life, meeting you so many years ago. And I remember sitting down across from a table and just seeing you and being like, he just gets it. Like he is the sunshine that we all need in this <laughs> light. And I know you've done so many tremendous things. And 2020 really help people and here we are in 2021 and we're hitting the ground running so thank you for you thank you for all that you do it's such a pleasure to have you i'm so grateful to call you a friend and a mentor and cheers to being on the pivot with purpose podcast season one thank you what a wonderful surprise today thank you for this pivot with purpose with host megan hull is a fashion consort production and part of the fc podcast network it is produced and directed by Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And a special thank you to Spencer Powell for our theme music. Learn more at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at pivotwithpurpose underscore podcast.